if you fancy yourself a journalist, even if it's for the silly world of professional wrestling, and you have journalistic integrity, people who report things mostly that are bullshit and slanderous lies against myself, if you are friends with somebody, you blew my spot. If you're not friends with them, I apologize. It's okay. But you should probably disclose who you're friends with. I'm not friends um, with you. I haven't had Scott. anything to do with Scott Colton in almost a decade. Probably wanted nothing to do with him even longer than that. It's fucking unfortunate that I have to come up here and speak on this when I'm on my time. And this is a fucking business. Uh, why I'm a grown-ass adult man and I decide not to be friends with somebody is nobody else's fucking business. But my friends... If I fall backwards, we'll catch me. Scott Colton, I felt, never would have. My problem was I wanted to bring a guy with me to the top that did not want to see me at the top. Okay? You call it jealousy, you call it envy, whatever the fuck it is. My relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. I have every receipt. I have every invoice. I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer and you do not have to pay anymore. That's an email that I have. The only reason the public did not see is because when I finally had to countersue him through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. Now, it's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target and they spread lies and bullshit and, and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. And if y'all are at fault, fuck you. If you're not, I apologize. But what did I ever do in this world to, go, to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself? For what? What did I do? Dave, what did I ever do? Me. Didn't do a goddamn thing. There's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. This shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fucking friends. I fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy more than anybody. Okay? I paid his bills until I didn't, and it was my decision not to. Yeah, but I shouldn't have no commented when Nick first said it. It's my I, fault. And I if I hadn't, it's my that. fault. It's my I appreciate fault. I should have just I'm, taken a head on because you never but said But I'm trying anything. to run a fucking business, and when somebody who hasn't done a damn thing in this business jeopardizes the first million-dollar house that this company has ever drawn off of my back and goes on national television and does that, it's a disgrace to this industry. It's a disgrace to this company. Now, we're far beyond apologies, right? I gave him a fucking chance. It did not get handled, and you saw what I had to do, which is very regrettable, lowering myself to his fucking level. But that's where we're at right now. And I will still walk up and down this hallway and say, if you have a fucking problem with me, take it up with me. Let's fucking go. Name two people that have made the most money off the name CM Punk. I don't think you're there yet. The first one's Vince McMahon. The second one's Scott Colton. I'm not going to comment on it. Oh, thank you. I'll tell you why I'm upset about it. Because 
if you're an EVP, you don't try to middle your top baby face. Try to get your niche audience that's on the internet to hate him for some made-up bullshit rumor. Really pisses me off. Stepping on your own dick, trying to fucking, you know, make money, sell tickets, fill arenas. And these stupid guys think they're going to receive it. Dominic. Yep, Dominic D'Angelo at freeshows.com. Uh, Punk, last time we were here last year, I asked you about, like, Terry Funk and his influence, like, yeah. the legacy going on. Kind of, uh, and this is for you too, Tony. I kind of like, they're, they're, you do, you've done a great job with incorporating legends throughout, you know, the course of AEW and as it goes on. I kind of want to see uh, what you feel about how a lot of the modern talent today can kind of utilize some of the advice and take advice from, like, guys like William Regal and uh, even, like, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, um... I know I'm missing Jake Roberts, plenty I'm missing, I'm sure. But I just kind of want to get both your perspectives on that and how that can kind of go a little bit more to, to help you guys out grow as a company. We have a, uh, a locker room full of pretty brilliant minds. You know, Jerry Lynn, Dean Malenko, Mark Henry. You know, I, when I came back and I cut my promo my second week here, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty decent, you know what I mean? Kind of blur the lines a little bit. What's he doing? How crazy Phil. He's going into business for himself. And really, I was just defending myself. But, you know, you, you mix that in with attacking Moxley and mention, um, you know, Kingston being the second best Kingston, which is a pretty great line. Um, you know, uh, but our locker room, for all the wisdom and brilliance it has, isn't worth shit when you have an empty-headed idiot who's never done anything in the business do public interviews and say, no, I don't really take advice. Who the fuck do you think you are? You know? That's stupid. I'm on a team with Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and I, I don't need to I don't need to work on my swing. You don't yeah, I'm not gonna listen to these guys they're gonna tell me how to swing a baseball. Fucking go fuck yourself. Talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to this special TWT. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget us every Thursday. It's Gabe. It is Brian and yours truly. We bring you Good Karma Wrestling, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 Pacific. You can catch us on YouTube Live and, of course, the podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, look for GKW. And, of course, this being Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, we always give you extra content here on TWT. Don't forget to hook us up with a t-shirt or a mug or a glass we've got tuesday wrestling tuesday merchandise if you have not picked up one it's available right now just go to the link in my bio and check out tuesday wrestling tuesday merchandise well you heard the highlights or whatever you consider what you just heard there from cm punk after cm punk wins the AEW heavyweight championship at the now arena in hoffman estates illinois for All Out, the big show that took place over Labor Day weekend. Now, this podcast in particular will just be focused on what you heard here. The next podcast that you'll hear will be focused on 
what happened at All Out, the matches, and also we'll go over what happened at NXT uh, Worlds Collide as well. That will also be a separate podcast. So if you are subscribed to this podcast, you're in the right place. But this podcast in particular will be focused on what is going on with CM Punk, The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Ace Steel. Let me give you my thoughts and I'll give you the latest on what has been written from other publications. So being a Chicagoan, of course, I'm behind CM Punk. I'm a CM Punk fan. And I'm a CM Punk fan because I watched him in the indies. I watched him in ROH. I paid good money to see him. And he was just different from everyone else. He goes to the WWE. He has the heavyweight championship. He was one of those guys that had the championship but what really wasn't the guy. Uh, he had some memorable moments in the WWE, especially on the microphone. He goes away from the business for seven years. He comes back. I was at the United Center when he made his return. That video and all those pictures are on my Instagram right now at Good Karma Wrestling. You can check it out yourself. It was an amazing moment. A, a sustained roar where you have 20,000 people in attendance at the United Center in Chicago. The house that Jordan built. And you have all these people rooting for CM Punk because he had been away for seven years. Even though we all knew he was in the building, it, even though we already knew he was going to be there, just the idea of seeing him again after seven years was pretty cool. He becomes an AEW wrestler. He wins the heavyweight championship, breaks his foot, and is away for another couple of months. This is supposed to be the summer of Punk, and he loses the opportunity to have that momentum throughout the summer. He didn't, wasn't part of Forbidden Door, and here he is right now, once again at the top of the mountain as the AEW champion. But what we just heard right there was just reckless. Reckless. His conversation he had with the press at the Now Arena was reckless. And the enabler next to him at the press conference, if you watched it, the enabler next to him is Tony Khan. Is it a positive place to work? I, I'm sure it is. I mean, you got veterans and young people getting paid top dollar to be at the second greatest brand in professional wrestling right now in North America in AEW. It's probably cool that you're getting a paycheck. We just talked to Matt Menard and Matt Menard's like, all I just want to continue to do is just keep getting paid because that's what they're all doing. They're all getting paid. They see a guy that is a, you know, got millions of dollars and he wants to be able to have a brand that could be an alternative to the WWE. But here's the thing. Because you're Tony Khan, you have to be able to take control of your organization. Could you imagine what we just heard right there in a press conference after Clash of the Castle where like Drew McIntyre or Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins just, just went off? This is without Vince. This is under Triple H and Stephanie. Could you imagine them just sitting up there shooting with the audience, shooting with the media saying, yeah, this is bullshit, this sucks, this, this, this. Could you imagine that? But this is what's happening in AEW. Now, before you stop me and say, well, Hood, I mean, this happens at UFC all the time. You know, you got fighters and you got boxers and, you know, certain boxing tours that have these controversial press conferences and they swear and they go off on people and they go off their promotion. Well, the reason why they, you could do that in the UFC is because UFC does not have an equal. 
UFC at the very is the very top of their game with mixed martial arts. If Dana White wants his fighters to shoot with the media, shoot with the audience to try to build up momentum, fine. You know, UFC has stolen from professional wrestling for a long time as far as how to build up a fight. Two guys go after one another, two women go after each other, whether it's real or not, they say what's on their mind and they build up pay-per-view buys and interest. That's how they are able to make money based on the spoken word, even more so in that cage. It's about the spoken word. But here we are. And the big question is, with CM Punk saying all of that, was that a work or was that... Um, something that was real from his heart. Well, let me just break it down for you. His thoughts about Scott Colton, Colt Cabana, another Chicagoan, they were thick as thieves. Those guys were friends for a long time. But what uh, CM Punk said was true. They're not friends and have not been friends for a long time. You could find things on the internet and say, oh, well, there's a picture with them together. That's not true. It's just, you know, internet uh, hyperbole. It's not true. No, they're not friends. They don't, they're not homies. They used to be, but because of that lawsuit that took place between the two, their disconnect, yeah, they're not friends. And you have not seen uh, Cole Cabana around the Dark Order for a long time. And we come to read that he's going to be part of the, the reimagined ROH brand. All right, cool. Cool. I don't need to see CM Punk and, and uh, Cole Cabana together. At some point, maybe time heals all, all wounds. Who knows? That doesn't really matter to me, but I think that it's wrong for CM Punk to just put out all the receipts on how Cole Cabana and his mom have a bank account together and he doesn't care anything about him and all this other stuff. But then you start going into Hangman Adam Page. And based on what Adam Page has said, especially face-to-face with CM Punk, there are some things that were said in the ring that CM Punk was not comfortable with or was, did not know that was going to happen. Well, to come to find out, this company does not have scripted promos. They have bullet points to be able to get to a point. But ultimately, these guys can and women can say whatever they want to say because that's the difference between the old WWE system and AEW, in which you can say whatever you'd like, as long as you get to the point of trying to promote the next Dynamite, the next Rampage, the next pay-per-view. I get it. But CM Punk had a problem with what Adam Page said. And so that's why we had that promo of Adam of, of CM Punk calling out Hangman Page, talking about it was di- about to disrespect and all this, calling him out even though Page was not supposed to be scheduled for that promo. If you've watched that, you know what I'm talking about from a couple of weeks ago. So there's a disconnect. And of course, CM Punk has a live mic and he's going after Hangman Page, pretty much saying that Page apparently has said at one point that, oh, you know, I don't need any help. You know, I kind of do my own thing. And he's saying, hey, you get all this experience in the back. How come, you know, youngsters like Adam Page does not go to Mark Henry or Dean Malenko or Arn Anderson or Jake Roberts or you know, down the line of all the agents and producers that are in the back, why don't you use them for for help to be able to get yourself over, enhance your character, all this other thing. Apparently, Adam Page doesn't feel that way. Okay, but that pisses off CM Punk, and he felt the need to be able to say that. Then we get to the EVPs. When we hear about executive vice presidents, for those that don't know, Along with Tony Khan, the executive vice presidents that helped build the company to where it is now is Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, and uh, Cody Rose was part of that as well. Of course, Cody now with the WWE. 
So there is a problem with the Young Bucks and CM Punk because if we go back and hear what Chris Jericho said on Sunday, he didn't want any leaks. He didn't want any information. If there's any problems within the company, don't let it leak. And of course, if you listen to this, the media scrum, there's a lot of friends in the media of Tony Khan. And there's some, if you listen closely, some just want to be liked. And I don't want to necessarily do the work as much as it is. Hi, Tony. Hi, CM Punk. I don't have a problem with you. Oh, we're friends. You know, we're, we get along very well. That doesn't matter. Even in this business, in the scripted business, does it matter if you're a media person? And you, you make sure, hey, I just want you to know you've been very nice to me. I just want you to know that we get along well. Seriously? Seriously. Like teenagers. So you want to know, I'm sure, listening to this, Hood, what do you think about what happened? Well, I told you the Scott Colton part, the Colt Cabana part, that is that is for real. That is a shoot. They don't like each other. Now, here's the thing about the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Apparently, as you just heard, you mentioned, mentioned Reseda, California. That's where the Young Bucks are from. And there were things that were put out there in the in the ether to the wrestling media that CM Punk did not necessarily think it should be out. He doesn't think that they're very good at their job. And the same thing with Kenny Omega. Ace Steel, as we saw, the person that was pumping up CM Punk to be able to take this match against John Moxley for the AEW Championship, has been around the Chicago wrestling scene for quite a while. I know who Ace Steel was when he came out there. And, you know, he's was been very involved. He's a friend of CM Punk's, and so they know each other. So after all of this, when it comes to Young Bucks and CM Punk, I think that there is some threads of truth. There are some seeds that were planted by CM Punk. I believe that he does have a problem with, with Hangman Adam Page. I think that is real. I think he does have a problem with the Young Bucks being the EVPs. Uh, and I think that what we saw was an unprofessional CM Punk. I, as much as I support him and like him, I think that that was unprofessional on his part. I also believe that Tony Khan is an enabler. As someone who is running this company and as someone that uh, is supposed to take hold of this roster, he's lost all kind of control. My advice to him is that this, what we saw on Sunday night in the press conference, has to be an angle. This has to be played out in the ring. This has to be some kind of business. Now that everything's an old, an old shoot and everybody wants to be able to say something and, or you know say stuff on social media or say stuff on Instagram about what's going on, then it needs to be in the ring. you got to make money from this. And so the question is, so what's going to happen to CM Punk? Well, nothing, because now he's a heavyweight champion and Tony Khan feels strongly about him. But if you go back on YouTube and watch Tony Khan's expression, and he has a lot of them. If you watch his expression to the comments made by CM Punk, I mean, just he's just incredulous. He couldn't believe what was being said and also put in a very difficult spot because he's supposed to be the owner and head of this company and he can see how this is unprofessional and how it's unfurled in front of his very eyes. And I know from his standpoint, he didn't know what to do with it. He didn't know. He has no idea what to do about it. Let me just tell you something about Tony Khan before I tell you the latest. Tony Khan, from the reports that I have received, the people that work there in AEW, I call him an enabler for a reason. is because Tony Khan is the only person that wants to rule everything. 
I can give you names like Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts and Jerry Lynn and Dean Malenko and so many others that work in the back. You would think that Tony Khan would listen to those guys in the back. And that's not necessarily happening a lot. It's really on Tony. Tony's got the pencil. I understand that he's the ultimate booker. But when it comes to the trying to mend fences and trying to repair relationships, he does a piss poor job of it. And I understand he's only been in the job for three years, but he has to understand that there's a lot of egos. So what's he going to do about it? What's he going to do about it? You can support your talent, but do you want these veterans tearing up your company? You see, he had a meeting just the other week trying to talk about things that need to be solved in AEW and things, you know, all the stuff that was supposed to be off the record. Some of it spilled over on the record because, again, you know, you tell Russ or something, he'll tell the media, he'll tell the world what's going on. But, I mean, even after that meeting, after that conversation that they had, Tony Khan was trying to get the rally the troops and trying to get everybody together and nothing really nothing really was uh nothing really stopped that uh the spillover of what was going on in the media what was being said obviously CM Punk did listen in that meeting because do you think that he's a leader by stepping up and talking about Hangman Adam Page on the record and talking about the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page Someone was asking him, uh, CM Punk, about MJF. He goes, oh, you know, just Tony Khan just keeps putting pricks in front of me, just keeps on taking on these a-holes or whatever he said. I got to keep wrestling these guys. Like, hmm, if that is a work to get more people to watch CM Punk's matches, that's brilliant. But if it's really how he feels and there are hurt feelings from everyone in the back, especially the veterans, especially the Young Bucks, especially Kenny Omega's, and these guys will leave. I think they it, it would not surprise me. Cody Rhodes went to the WWE for a reason. He went to the WWE for a reason. That reason was is that he lost control. He was supposed to be one of the executive vice presidents, and he didn't have enough control to be able to put his real stamp on AEW. Yes, he was a terrific in-ring performer, but he couldn't get a chance to do what he wanted to do. And that's why he's in WWE right now. Don't be surprised if you see the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and some of these others leave as well. Oh, hood, that's over the top. Actually, it's not. Actually, it's not. If the, if the owner, Tony Khan, cannot get a hold of his roster... And cannot uh, and and not be able to put a harness on some of his roster, especially the language. Hey, I'm not approved. You can say whatever you want to say, but if you start to have all of these things, and you're shooting at this person, shooting at this tag team, shooting at this, this executive. Okay, great. If you don't make money from this, that's just a waste of time. It's a waste. Okay, so CM Punk's on fire. Okay, so what happens from here? What happens when they go to New York at Arthur Ashe? What's going to happen when they go to Full Gear? Like, if we don't get something along the lines of Punk and the Young Bucks or Hangman Page, Kenny, if we don't have anything to put this in the ring to make this a story, then what's the point of all of this? Here's the latest. This is from Fightful Select, and they've been all over this story, among others. But I'll just distill it into what uh, Fightful Select has had. Okay, listen to this. It says, we've learned a lot more about the AEW brawl after All Out. PW Insider has reported that after the scrum, he returned to his locker room where Young Bucks and Kenny Omega confronted him. 
We can confirm that Punk and the Young Bucks had a physical altercation, but haven't heard the same for Omega. Instead, Omega and Ace Steel were said to have had one, and apparently that was mentioned earlier, that Omega and Ace Steel had, a, had some kind of altercation. It also says here that we were told that Ace Steel shoot-cracked Nick Jackson with a chair. So Ace Steel hit Nick Jackson over, uh, with a chair, with another person saying that they think he's lucky he's not in jail. Several sources in AEW that we spoke with said that they believe that Ace Steel will not be back in the company after this incident. PW Insider had also noted that Steel's wife was said to be, had been around caring for Punk's dog. The story of Nick Jackson having a black eye came from Steele throwing a chair at him. Security was called and there were many people trying to break everything up. One person outright said it was a situation of them trying to save lives. There was an incredible amount of heat on Ace Steele after the situation with one person saying they weren't sure what happened, but that, quote, it could have possibly escalated to hitting someone with a chair. Hmm. The argument continued with a lot of cursing and shouting until the elite left the area. We've heard from people who are siding with both, saying that Punk's comments prompted the situation, and others saying that the elite should, shouldn't have approached Punk while he was clearly pissed off. However, the large majority seem to think that Punk should have expected to have been approached about it. That's from FightfulSelect.com. Hmm. So that's the latest there, and I've seen this in a couple other places too, you know, saying that there was... Um, that there were multiple issues that was happening in the back. Now, again, this is happening after the press conference. I think uh, Tony Khan was the last one to be able to speak at that press conference. And after he was done, apparently that's when the fight broke out. I was told that there was something going on in the back. It's amazing, isn't it? It's professional wrestling, but then it's professional wrestling that's taken too far. You and I both know what the business is. But when you have CM Punk again, your heavyweight champion, the face of your company, going after the Young Bucks, going after Hangman Page, going after, you know, um, going after Kenny Omega. I mean, that's that's a lot. But if it's a shoot, wow, that's a lot of stuff that he got off his chest. So how does that get better? How does that relationship get better? He says, we're, be, uh, we're beyond apologies. When he's talking about Hangman Page, he goes, we're beyond apologies. Okay, so how does that get better? Now, keep in mind, we have seen issues in the past. And it's not the first time. I mean, we did go through Brett and Sean. You do recall this old Brett Hart and Sean Michaels scenario where those two, for real, did not get along. And we've seen this in other uh, organizations where wrestlers do not get along. But this, this is a horse of a different color. And we'll be following this story. I'm sure there will be more to come out of what happened in Chicago from uh, All Out. And we'll talk about the card at some point as well. But just so you guys understand, my standpoint is, is that Tony Khan is, is failing at his job as an owner. He's paying talent, sure. He's giving them a place to work. But what is he doing as far as leadership? 
you're allowing the wrestlers, uh, your heavyweight champion, to just run them down. Now, we, now uh, just juxtapose that to like Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins or Bobby Lashley or some of these other guys, the other company, uh, Alex Hammerstone or Tanahashi or there's all these other people. You, you just don't see that. But CM Punk is allowed to be able to just roll off his thoughts about Scott Colton. He wasn't on the card. <laughs> he sees Nick Houseman and says, hey, this is a, a Colt Cabana buddy. And he just takes his time just to just slice and dice Colt Cabana just because. Okay. And then from there, just going after the guys that are running the company, helping run the company, and Hangman Page. What about the, and he finally got to Moxley at the end of his press conference. But that's just unprofessional. And here's the thing. What's Tony Khan going to do about it? I did not like to see CM Punk that ugly. Sure, you like the, yeah, is the conversation interesting? Sure, because it blurs the lines, right? And if it's true that there is a problem with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, the elite, and CM Punk, how's that manifest itself? That's what I want to know. And then MJF, how's he fit in all of this? I mean, MJF comes back, and that's like the eighth most interesting thing out of All Out. <laughs> you know, MJF comes back, and then that happens. I know he's got to be like, damn, what do I have to do? I want to be the heavyweight champion. I make this big return, and everyone's talking about Punk instead of uh, MJF. I'm sure that'll be a storyline as well. Don't forget, our next podcast, we'll talk about All Out. We'll talk about the card itself, and we'll get into what happened, and which I thought was a pretty impressive NXT takeover. We'll talk about that on another podcast as well. Don't forget, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, when we have breaking news like this, we bring it to you. And of course, of course, my friends, Thursdays with Good Karma Wrestling. Thanks for listening.